Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. So to Dafyomi and Aleph, three lines from the top. Where do we derive that there is a prohibition, a warning against against those who are of puffed up spirit, conceited, haughty? Amar Rava, Amar Zairi. Rava says in the name of Zairi, the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, Shimu Vehazinu al Tigbohu ki Adonai Dibe. Here, except, do not raise yourself up, for God has spoken. This is the source for the Azhar, for the warning against Gaseruach, against the Hari, becoming Hari. The fact that it's a Pasuk in Yirmiyahu who gives a person pause. It does not appear to be an actual Azhara, an actual warning. And in fact, the Raman does not count this in many Namitzvahs. Neither does Ramban. This appears to be Asmacht of Alma. That's actually even on the subsequent Psukim that are going to be brought shortly, that are in Chamisha Chamshetara. But the fact that the first Pasuk brought that seems a best fit is from Yermio Anavi, indicates that this is Derch Drash, it's Musa, but not actually a true Azhara, in a te- technical halachic sense. Rav Nachman Bayitzchak Omar Mehacha. Rav Nachman Bayitzchak brings a different source. This is in Dvarim. Vram Lubavecha. And your heart shall become high, and you shall forget the Lord your God. Was taking you out of the land of Egypt from the house of servitude. And it's written another pasuk. This is a a joint azhara built out of tupsokim. First one tells you a consequence that you will forget. What Kaddish Baruch has done, taking us out of Mitzrayim. And the other Pasuk, also in Devarim, Ches, Yeralev, Yishama Lecha, Pantishkach Es Adonai Lehecha, Levilti Shmo Mitzvosav, Mishpatav, Luchukosav, Ashenochim Nitzavach Hayom. We're warned not to forget. Rabbi Avin, Amr Rabbi Ilah, the Amr Rabbi Avin, Amr Rabbi Ilah, Kol Malkam Shnema Hishame, Pen, Ve'al, Eno Ella, Belosaseh. And this, these types of phrases in the Torah that indicate not to do something, lest, do not, shall not, these imply lo sase. But again, it's born out of tupsokim, and that is not necessarily the the actual structure necessary for an azhara apialocha. There's a, a smag who is Mona. Who is Mona as one of the Tayag mitzvahs. A smag, Lavin Samach Dalit, he considers the Isser of being haughty as one of the Tayag mitzvahs. Fascinatingly, he says that this was revealed to him in a dream. Yishamilcha Pantishkach. 
אז הרא שלא יסגור בני ישראל. כשהקדוש ברוך הוא משפיע עליהם, טובה. ויאמרו, שברווח שלהם, למעלה מביכו, כל זה, לא יחזיקו טוב לקדוש ברוך הוא. What is the Azhar, the warning? For the Jewish people, that when הקדוש ברוך הוא gives us bounty, goodness, we should not attribute that to our own efforts and toil. Doing so will detract from our gratitude to the Holy One, blessed be He. And He is actually our benefactor. So there is actually a Rishon who does consider this in Minyan Amitzvahs. The others, the dominant opinion among Rishonim seems to be that this is Asmachta Ba'alma, or Jachrash, but not actually a true Azhara for Minyan Amitzvahs, not a included in, in the halachos, rather just derech moser. Dosh Rabbi Avira zimnin amar le mishmei of asi. This is, we said, along the lines of what Rabbi Avin said in the name of Rabbi Elah. Any place which says, Yishomer, Upen, Ve'al, these are all losasei, but, as we mentioned, the, the Pasuk itself is describing a consequence of forgetting but not actually structured as Hishomer or Pen in that context. It's another verse entirely. Ravira gave this over, he dashed, and sometimes the name of Rav Asi and sometimes in the name of Rav Ami. Anyone who possesses a haughtiness of spirit, in the end, will be mitigated. Shanamar, as the verse states, Pasakin Eov, Romu Ma'at, Veinenu, Humchu, Akol, Ikafzon, Roshibolis, Imolu. Working on the first part of the verse, Romu Ma'at, Hashem Tomar, Yeshneba Olam, if he is brought up somewhat, maybe you'll say that he is in the world. To the contrary, the verse says, and he will not be there. So although he is pushing himself up, in, in a sense, greater than his reality, it doesn't help him. To the contrary, it takes away from him. But if he does tshuva, he returns to himself, in a sense, to who he is, then he will be gathered in in his time. Meaning instead of ve'eneno being taken away from, he will be brought in in his time, he, he will have his lot. Like Kavram Avinu, like Avram Avinu Shanamar, as the verse states, Behumchu Kako Ikafzun. 
Kavram Yitzchak Yaakov Dechsiva Hu Bakol Mikolko. This Kakol is a reference to the Avos. By all of the Avos, you have this sense of completion embodied in the world word Kol. I mention it in Benching. Rashi over here speaks Kakol Kaosin Sha'amar Vahen Kol. The Avos. They will die from the world, the death of the righteous. Avram, What's the Chiddush? Why, why would you think that he cannot do tshuva. As much as we're saying, it either is an iser or it's not an iser. What, what's the happening? Why do you need a pasuk to say that he could be an esaf bismano if he does tshuva? I would have a havimina to the contrary. So if we find that gova leiv, that haughtiness, is likened to an Avera that is tantamount to Avarazara, so then we can understand that the consequence we might have thought would be that he's not able to do Teshuvah fully. Could have thought that. Kamash Malan, no. Kamash Malan, that he could do Teshuvah and be Nasif his mano, like the Avos. Can fully repair his error. Vim lav, and if not, does not do tshuva. He stays with his hardiness. Ucherosh shibolas yimalu. The conclusion of this verse, any of, will be squashed like the head of the sheaf. My kroshibolas. What is it referring to? Like the head of the sheaf. Ravuna Rachista, Chadama Kisasa de Shibolta. Ravuna Rachista interpret this part of the verse in different ways. One of them says it's like the hairs at the top of the sheaf. One of them says it's like the actual sheaf, the kernels themselves. Let's see Rashi. The top part of the stock. It's called the beard of the sheaf. And it breaks off. It's very fragile. It breaks off and falls on its own. It does not require much to topple it. And therefore, that's one of the interpretations. This extra height, fragile, top of the sheaf, just falls under its own weight. Novamelo. Breaks and falls off. One says it's like the top of the sheaf itself. It goes well according to the opinion that it's referring to the beard of the sheaf. His hair-like 
protrusions at the top. That fits with a verse. And like the head of the stock. But according to the opinion that it's referring to the sheaf itself, what does it mean, like the head of the sheaf? Ravasi explains, and so it was taught in Beis Medrash of Rabbi Shmuel. A parable. This is like a person who enters into his field. He surveys his field. He wants to know where he should start harvesting. And he sees the tallest sheaves are the ones that he begins his harvest with. So she rolls itself. There's an afkamina between the two. The first mahaloch, as Rashi pointed out, is that it breaks and falls on its own. The second one, interpretation, kuroshi boles, is torn down by the observer. There's an antagonism from the outside. It doesn't automatically implode from the inside. But it is a target. There's an external sense that this is ripe for harvest to be cut down. It's above the others. It's standing out. So that's not necessarily me'elov, but also another fulfillment of mismait. V'es daka u'shvav ruach. Another verse working on the same subject. And the one who was crushed and of lowly spirit. Both dashin, they both interpreted this verse. Charamar, iti dako, charamar, ani es dako. One of them said, with me shall be the one who is crushed. And one says, I will be with the one who is crushed. Let's see Rashi. Iti dako, ani magbiu, I will lift him up. He will be with me. Until he dwells with me. I will dwell with the one who is crushed. That's the one interpretation. The second interpretation is that I will bring the Divine Presence down to him. Which way is he going? Is the one who is is he being brought up or is Baruch going down to him? The Gemara evaluates that it's presumable that the interpretation of this Pasuk is like the opinion meaning that I will bring Baruch is saying his down to him What's the raya? Sharek Baruch Kol Harim Ugvos. The Holy One, blessed be He, when it came time to give the Torah to the Jewish people, He set aside all of the mountains and hills. He caused His presence to dwell on Har Sinai. He did not cause Har Sinai to ascend to become the highest mountain.
So that would indicate that he brings the Shechina down to the lowly, to the crushed, but not that he brings it up to him. Interesting that the Gemara says that Kadosh Baruch Hu left over all of the mountains and hills, Gavos. Gavos are not as prominent as mountains. Lachera Tzepelem. Har Sinai is a mountain. Why are we saying he left over all the Gavos? Har Sinai is at least a Har. I don't know the exact differentiation in Lashna Kodesh, what qualifies something as a Har, a mountain or a Gavos or of the hills, but it appears that they are different categories and you can have the highest hill in theory. And nonetheless, Kashbarl didn't choose that. Chose from the mountains a low mountain. Let's see Rashi, Kolhar Mikvos, Kegon, Tavo Vekarmel, Shebo Sham Kirsiv, Lama Tirz Dun Horim, Gavnuni. They were all prepared and ready, eager to have the Torah given on them, as it were. And Kadosh Baruch Hu did not make Maimed Har Sinai on anywhere else. It was on Har Sinai. Amar Yosef, Midas Kono. A person should always learn from the understanding of his Maker. Sharei Kadosh Baruch Hu Kol Har The Holy One, blessed be He, set aside all the mountains and hills. And he caused his presence to dwell on Mount Sinai. We have in parentheses, that he left all of the good trees and caused his presence to dwell in the thorn bush by his appearance to Moshe in initiating the Shlichus to bring about the Geula from its rhyme. Amar Rabbi Elazar, kol adam sheyish bo gasas haruach, roi legadeo ka'ashera. Rabbi Elazar says, any person who has haughtiness, haughty spirit, it is fitting to cut him down like an ashera, like this idolatrous tree, a tree that is worshipped. How do we see that? Ksiv we have a verse, in Yeshaya, Virome Hakomo, and those of lofty stature, Giduim, Bagvoim Ishpalo, they shall be rooted out, and the high ones shall be made low. And we have another verse describing the Asherah, in Varim Zayn He, Asherayam Tigodeum. And their Asherah trees you shall root out. Rashi. Kasherah. You shall root it out. Cut it down and remove all the roots. Kasherah. Like the Asherah. It must be rooted out. You shall obliterate their name. So the requirement to root out the haughty spirit, this is 
as Rabbi Lazar says, call Adam. This is something that could afflict any person. So it needs to be rooted out. A person should not view it as something that's tolerable. It should be taken down at the roots, not allowed to fester. The comparison to Avarazar, as we mentioned earlier, is something that would at least yield a havamina, that the tshuva process would not be entirely complete. The chidr should drasha that that's not the case. But gasas aruach needs to be uprooted, like the asherah tree, like Avarazar. The gasas aruach is in a sense, a type of self-worship. Further, says Rabbi Lazar, any person who has haughtiness of spirit, his earth will not be shaken up for for the resurrection of the dead. Very serious consequence. Shenemar, how does he know? As the verse states, the Pasek in Yishaya, Yechyu Mesecho, the Apostle says Akitsu is to wake up and sing out in rejoicing those who dwell in the dust. Because the dew of your lights, Taramitzvah, is your dew. In the land of the terrible shall fall down. The Pasuk does not say those that lie in dust or in the earth. Those who dwell in the earth. Who will merit to have the resurrection of the dead? Someone who became in his lifetime a neighbor of the earth, of the dust. Now this Pasuk is a, uses this terminology of Shokh Afar. What is it referring to? Who is Shokh Afar? Who are those that are included in Shokh Afar? So it's a s- certain category. Yechyu Mesecha Nevelasi Yikumun. Your dead shall live of my carcass shall arise. They shall arise. What does it mean, my carcass? If we take a look at the Pasik, Rashi says, Here is a prayer that the righteous be brought back to life. A request from you, that there should be a Resurrection, the living, restoration of life for those that were killed over you. Those who died al Kirish Hashem. The corpses of my nation that they were killed over me. They will merit resurrection. Special schar for people who were killed al Kiddush Hashem. Nevelasi Yikumon is referring to 
a special class. Those that were the stand-in, as it were, personae, Kodesh Baruch Hu, is who they were after. And these people who died like Kodesh Hashem were the ones that they suffered at the hands of these Rashaim and were killed. They will have Tchis HaMesim. They are the ones who are called Shochnei Afar. And this is in contrast with the Pasek in Daniel. It's more broad. This, the Pasek in Daniel, we are probably more familiar with it because it's incorporated into the Nusach Tfila of the Amida. Eked Beis, Pasek Beis. Rabim, Mishenei, Admas Afar, Yokitsu. And many from those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall be awakened, which is closer to the Lashon of Amida, those who sleep in the dust. Those that awaken, many, not all, there are some who will not awaken, but many who will awaken will receive eternal life. And those who do not will be ashamed, as it were, by not being party to this resurrection. This is a general mason. Those that are called sleeping, lishene afar, as opposed to shochne afar, those who are killed, al-Kiddush Hashem. This is similar to the idea we find that Gemara Sanhedrin mentions, it's brought la'alocha, by the Ramam, that if a non-Jew strikes the cheek, slaps a Jew, it's like striking the cheek of the Shekhinah. Meaning that Jewish people are God's ambassador, as it were, for humanity, and present the will of God through the Torah. So if somebody strikes a Jew, it's like he's striking the Shekhinah. It's itosus. Any man who has within him haughtiness of spirit, his earth, his dust will not vivify. This is a wonder. Why is this not included in the Mishnah in Sanhedrin? While he's at it, he's going to mention other cases. We have, in the end of Subis, those that die in Chutzlaretz do not have the resurrection of the dead. The Sugar Sinan Hasam and the Gemara there says further, And those that are ignorant of the Torah, not apply themselves to learn the will of the Creator, so they also will not be the beneficiaries of Teresa Mason, unless they were supportive of Tamir Chacham. Not everybody could be Tamir Chacham. Somebody's not able to, so he has to use his kochos in support of Tamir Chacham. As well, Malve Ribis, Matina Bagalash, Einan Chaim, Dolamaba. We find also those that engage in usury, charging Ribis interest to their fellow. They will also not have Tchis the resurrection of the dead. 
This is Tosos Kasha. Why is this not listed? The whole slew of cases. What what is in and what is not in? I'll call upon him if it's derech drash that it's not actually a love. So perhaps one could suggest that it itself is not the crime that on its own would actually technically prevent the resurrection of the dead, but is it is a systemic type of problem, haughtiness, that would tend to take a person away from being worthy of the resurrection of the dead. Says Rebbe Lazar, further, any person that has haughtiness of spirit within him, the Divine Presence shrieks over him. An expression of mourning wails over him. Shanama, as the verse states, the Pasuk and Tehillim, here we're working on the conclusion of the verse. We'll see the first part of the verse shortly. I'm not quite sure why we're dashing in the reverse order. The conclusion of the verse. And the high from a distance shall be chastised. This is the source, Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Eliezer says, that the Divine Presence cries out over him. Let's see Rashi. Mielos mikonenes, an expression of mourning. Vegavo mimerchak yigeda. Rishet akra ki ramashem shval yireb. From a distance, before the punishment, long in advance, to be broken. The Shrina is experiencing from a distance, in advance, before the punishment comes, a sense of mourning for this person, which fits in line with what we said prior, that the hate, if you will, the error, the systemic problem of gases ruach, haughtiness, is putting a person on a path towards destruction, and the shechin already is mourning over the person in advance, far in advance, because of the path that they're choosing for themselves, the systemic problems will lead to their destruction. Some say it is Rabbi Lazar. Come and see that the qualities of the Holy One, Blessed Be He, are not like the qualities of flesh and blood. What's the difference? The high seek out the high. They see the high. 
Rashi says, Roa esagavoa, the carvo, limo. The high person will seek out to come close and develop and cultivate a relationship with somebody else who is also of stature. He, he already sees that person has greatness. He'll try and cultivate a relationship. He quotes a Pasuk in Hosea, Kemo Kibikura Te'ena Re'ishisa Ra'isi Es Avoseichem Nasati Eina Le'karvom Ulechavvom Kaddish Baruch Hu sought out the Jewish people not in a state of greatness but at the very beginning of its fruiting when we're in a state of lowliness. Kaddish Baruch Hu is not like Basav Adam. What is a Kaddish Baruch Hu? He is lofty and he sees and seeks out the lowly. For God is lofty. And he will seek out, see the lowly. Like he did by taking out the Jewish people from Egypt. Amrav Chista. Vitema Marukva. Christo said, and some say it was Marukva. Any person that is of haughty spirit. The Holy One, Blessed be He says, He and I cannot dwell in the world. Kajbarhu says, now Kajbarhu is also called Hamakum. He's the place of the world. The world is within a Kajbarhu. But the perspective of Gasa Saruach does not leave any room, as it were, for Akarash Baruch Hu. We cannot dwell together in the world. Shnamar, as the verse states, Eloshni also atzmis the one who speaks slanderously in a clandestine manner against his friend, he will be destroyed. And the one of high eyes and broad heart, he cannot be born. I cannot bear him. With him I cannot bear. Meaning that if he is of haughty spirit, so there's no room for him and Karaj Baruch Hu together. Some explain that the entire verse is referring to those that speak Lashonahara, slander, evil speech, Shinemar. As the verse says in the beginning, That's when it will be destroyed, the one who speaks Lashnahara. Alexandri says, any person that is of Hadi spirit even a light, small wind 
will cause him to be turbulent. Shnema, as the verse states, Vereshoim kayom nigrosh, pasagenishaya, a wicked like the ocean, shall be tossed. And the ocean has many reveals. It's, it's a huge, vast expanse of water. And still, a small wind causes it to become Shapi, waves. A person who only has one revius, one small kiddush cup size of blood, all the more so is he subject to winds, small winds causing turbulence. Interestingly enough, to, till this very day, physicists don't know precisely how to calculate the relationship between the wind and the waves. On a theoretical basis, it would be something in the order of six meters per second of wind to cause a wave, but the actual data shows that much less wind causes waves. How that works, I don't know. Those who have studied also don't know. But it actually is a very small amount of wind that affects the ocean and causes waves. It does not take a lot. What consider a wave? So there are different stages. You can have the rippling over the top. You can have the crests starting to form and not breaking and then breaking. It's all different scales and height. But on, on each level, the theoretical basis for what should cause, based on the factors that we're able to determine, the, the amount of wind that should cause it is actually less than what we would expect based on our models. I'll go upon it. As the Gemara says, it doesn't take much wind. A very small, light breeze causes this huge, vast expanse of water to have waves all the more so, a person who has so little, just a revius, one revius of blood. What does it mean, one revius of blood? Tosus says, It's referring to just the clear blood. This is the pumping of the heart. Pumps out one revius. Really, there's much more blood in a person, but that minimal amount. It's a fairly small amount. It's a kiddush cup size. So small wind, small turbulence, cause a person to feel turbid. Instability inherent in Govalev yields this consequence. Amar Rebichia Barashi Amarat. 
should have, needs to have, one-eighth of an eighth. Rashi. Echad mishmona bishminis. Mishkal katan hu. It's a small measure. One-sixty-fourth. Bahainu He must have a small measure of gaiva, highness. Shaloyu kale rosh mistolimbo. In order that those that are not well thought out. So they should not disregard him. And he should be receptive to his words, even against their will. In order to facilitate that, there needs to be a small, tiny measure of gaiva, 164th, not very much. Generally, 160th, the Gemara says, is used as a detectable amount, a detectable measure. 160th of death is experienced in sleep, 160th of prophecy in a dream. So here's less than that, 164th. It's a very small amount of gaivon. And it's for a specific purpose. It's a toelis. It's in order to benefit the people. The Gra brings a remis to this idea. The eighth parasha in the Torah is Vaishla, the eighth pasik in the parasha. Yaakov says, Katonti Mikolach Sadim. And I've been made small from all the kindnesses, Mikola Emes, and all the truth. And Shasisa Eshavadacha that you've done with your servant. And Yaakov's prayer to God. The eighth of the eighth. This Mokum of Gaiva that is appropriate for Tamir Chachamim is Katonti. I have been made small. Tamir Chachamim are those that have Tarah. They've applied themselves to Tarah. And Kaddish Baruch has given to them as a gift. So that recognition that what they have is a gift is a recognition that what they have is precious, is an element of Govale, but it's in the framework of Katonti. I've been made small. Vyashaber said a beautiful equation when it comes to the gaining of knowledge of Torah, Bifrat. could apply to other Chachmas as well. He said it in respect to Torah. If one would start at a point and draw a line from that point, the point represents what a person knows in Tara. As he draws out that line from the point, if he draws a circle around it, and that line becomes the radius of a circle. So that point that grows out into a line symbolizes the broadening of his knowledge of Tara. He's learning more in a linear fashion. He's started with a point of knowledge. He's building forward. Now that line is expanding. But in the broader framework of what there is 
to understand of Das Elohim, of divine knowledge, the circumference of that circle that is drawn from that radius is what he becomes aware of that's beyond the scope of his knowledge. So it grows exponentially. The ratio of that line that represents the radius to the circumference is constantly getting smaller. The ratio. So what he knows is expanding, but what he's aware of that he doesn't know is expanding even faster. So there's, within this small amount of govalev that is appropriate for Tamir Chachamim, there's an inherent katonti. He's actually becoming smaller. He's aware more than others how little of the divine wisdom he actually possesses as he learns more, he becomes aware of how much more there is to learn. But nonetheless, there is Shminis, Shabbat Shminis, 164th, that does present utility for the Tzibur and is appropriate. That's at least this opinion. It's controversial. In the name of Rav. I'm Rav Huna, Bered Rav Yeshua. Rav Huna said, in the name of Rav Yeshua, and it should crown him like the beard of the sheaf, which if we recall earlier was mentioned, symbolizing Gaiva in a negative sense earlier. But what was this parable? Rashi said, and it breaks and falls on its own. Although it crowns the sheaf, it breaks and falls on its own. It is not assimilated into the sheaf. It's superimposed. It breaks and falls on its own. In a similar manner, this Shminah Shabbat that is appropriate for Tamir HaChachamim needs to be external. It's Kavadah Torah. It's not about him personally. Amarava Bishamta de Ispe Bishamta de Lesbe Rava says it's a very delicate balance. He's in Shamta, he's excommunicated if he has Gaiva, but he's also excommunicated if he has no Gaiva. He has to have precisely this minuscule amount, and without it, you have a concern that he will not be able to do his job, there will be a Chil But, if he's exceeding that, so he's also in Shamta. Rav Nachman Ba'itzchak says, not from it, not even a little bit. Not one eighth of an eighth, one sixty fourth. Mi Zuta, is it such a small matter to receive the diverse rites be concerning Gaiva? There's a Pasuk in Mishle. Tava Sadonai, Ko Gova Leip. It is an abomination of God, all of the proud of heart. Call all. So if Nachman Yitzchak says, no shminish bishminis for Tamina Chachamin. As I mentioned, it's controversial. It had a paskin. You look at the Rambam. It seems to pass in the first way, at least according to 
Hagos Maimonides. Meaning that with this final opinion, since the Paskin, no Govalev, in Deus, Perg Bezalacha Gemel, it says, not enough just to be humble, rather he has to be an exceedingly humble spirit. By Moshe, he's described as exceedingly humble, the most humble man. One who is possessed of this haughty spirit is in a state of denial of God. He cannot perceive God. God is not in the world for him. Even a little bit. Not in the previous way it says, Bishamta Dispe, Bishamta Dilespe. Ramon seems to be learning. I feel mixed also, even a little bit. And uh, Gos Maimonia says, Dulo Kripchia Barashi Damar. Rahuna Breda Yushua Damar. Matulia Kasaso, Shibalto. Not following this opinion that Tamir Chachamim should have this minute amount of gaiva that is like the beard at the top of the sheaf. Not like Rava, who says it's a very tight balance, but he has to have a little bit, not more, not less. Elo Kirav. Rather, it's like Rav. Rav Nachman. What does Rav Nachman hold? Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Not from it, and not even a little bit. So Ramam seems to be passing the last opinion and says that Bishamta Afil Miksasa even a little bit. That's what Agos Maimonia says. If we look, Manga Ram is very seldom hard to pull much to me at least from the words of Manga Ram. But let's take a look at what he says. Hilchus Maso Matum in Arachayim. When Kufman Vov, Magen starts off. I'm Bilchus Deis La Rambam. Klal Ador Sheicharam Derech Mitzvah Lo Yikmot Yos Midai Lo Yifaz Yos Midai. As an example, a person should not be extreme in his qualities, characteristics. Don't be too stingy and don't be overly spendy. Exceptions to this rule are in anger. In haughtiness and anger, a person needs to distance himself until the extreme. So what does it mean until the extreme? Does it mean zero? Does it mean So the Prima Godim says over here, Actually, it's Halacha Gimel and the Agos Maimonius, Beis Osalev. V'da de Beimnis, who Bein Beis Ketvach. 
in between the two extremes. It's possible to turn slightly more to one side than the other. But being in the middle is actually in the middle as best as one can be. In all of the measures, all the qualities and characteristics, the middle path is considered good. What does it mean, ad? Until, but not including the extreme. Just next to the extreme. Upasa kirava, the low krav nachman, udulu kagos mamonias, the low yet kemes she'en magish. Not to be like a dead person doesn't feel anything. Majakaz pek aleph, lachadalek. So he's learning, Primagadam is learning, that it is not meant to be zero. He's understanding the Ramam and the Magna Vram. Alderech, Alecha Mishnah, not like that goes to that Ad means Velo Ad Bechla, Rakharavla. It seems to be Machlokas. And the Ramam that he's quoting is an Aleph Dalid. So he, he gives an example within the framework of Cass, which Rama says to go to the extreme, and he doesn't say to go to the absolute end of Cass, where there is zero Cass whatsoever, there can be appropriate times to prevent abuse that cast is warranted, anger. So he says that that applies to Gaiva as well. It doesn't mean zero out of 64, but close to the extreme, one out of 64. upon him. it's Machlokas. Machlokas in the Gemara, Machlokas out of Paschal. Omar Chizkia. Ain't he lost a shot on Ishmas, Elam Cain, Mesim Libo, Kibasim. Chizkia says that a person's prayer is not accepted unless he places his heart like flesh. Shenema, as the verse states, Bahaya Midichoch Bechocho, Begomer, Nobu Kobosu Ishtachavos. Speaking about the Messianic era, and it will be each month. All flesh will come to prostrate and bow before God. It says, all flesh. So Chizki is saying that that is the context of one's prayers being accepted, is to be basa, to make oneself like flesh. Rabbi Zera says, flesh is written concerning him. Concerning a mitzvah, we have a verse describing the healing process from the one afflicted with this skin affliction. The healing is described in the context of flesh. 
and in his flesh, in the skin of his flesh, shall be healed. But in other verses that describe Saras with the term Adam, we do not have that associated with the healing. The healing is facilitated by this humbling, the recognition that he is flesh. Let's see Rashi. Kibasa, Shurach, Velo Keven Shukashin. Like flesh, which is soft, and not like stone, which is hard. Lishtachavos, to prostrate themselves. Lispala, to pray. Osam, Shembasa Yavo. Those that are flesh shall come and pray. Kehev Nishmarim Lefanen. They will be heard before me. Algase Ruach, Lo Yavo. But those who are haughty will not come. Balsak Sibe. Venirpa, by the Mitzara, the verse that describes him as having flesh, that is where the healing is mentioned. When the verse says about Adam, when he has on his skin, it mentions Adam, even it also says Besaro, it says Adam. Adam, we have other verses that describe the Mitzvah as a man, not brought together with his healing. If he, from this pattern, we can derive, somebody who's soft and humble, like flesh, he's quick and close to healing as a result of afflictions and suffering that come upon him. Somebody who's hard, like earth. There is no healing to his wound. He's not going to take it to heart and do teshuva. So he's not going to get a refuah. Back in the Gemara. Adam. Adam is composed of these three letters. Aleph, Dalet, Men. Afar. Afer, ash, dam, blood, mora, bile, that's Adam. Balsar, man has also got flesh. Busha, embarrassment, srucha, rot, rima, worm. Igadamri, some say, sho'o, yachsiv bishin. She's trying to say balsar, the bisra in Aramaic is with a samach. But Balsa in Hebrew is with a sin. So Sha'ol instead of Srucha, the grave, instead of Rat. But similar idea. Amar Ravashi. Anybody who has haughtiness of spirit, in the end, will be detracted from. Rashi says, Nifchas, Mismait, Machashivuso, Naset, Pachos, Banashim. He will lose his actual worth and value and become lowly among men. Shenema, as the verse states, half of Hamid Beis, L'sa'is, V'lasapachas, V'labaheres, Ain't sa'is, El Lashon Sa'is, which is a term describing an affliction of the skin, type of tzaraz, reflects haughtiness. Shenema, as the verse states, that are lifted up. 
like Seis. Vein Sapachas Elot Felo. In contrast, Sapachas, which also describes an affliction, implies instead of lifted up, being inconsequential. Tfelo, nullified essentially. Shenema, where we see that usage of the word sapachas. Rasik in Shmuel, sefocheni no el achas hakounos lechol pas The consequences for Eli's descendants were to be cast down and made tafel to the other Kohanim. They were the leaders and they were now going to be cast and receive their lot through others. Raji, Through the haughtiness, the person makes himself greater than he really is, so that he comes from that perspective to become tafel, to become inconsequential to others. Tfelo, has no inherent value. Ella nitfal is just something that is lacking inherent value. Is tafel to others. Asfuninah nevuas beis Eli mishtoi It's talking about the prophecy, the house of Eli. Amin kohen gedol I will appoint and stand up other high priests. Shetzias kohen ezracham mikdulasam. Your descendants will be taken out of their greatness. They will need it. They will need your descendants to seek out, to be gathered in, and be absorbed by the other Kohanim. Come and see how great are those of humble spirit before the Holy One, Blessed Be He. At the time when we have the temple functioning, if a person brings an elevation offering, he has the reward of that elevation offering in his hand. If he brings a meal offering, the reward for the meal offering is in his hand. But somebody who is of humble spirit the verse considers such a person as though he has brought all of the offerings. Shanamar, as the verse states, in Tehillim, The offerings of God, of a broken spirit, not only that, not only is it as though he has brought all of the offerings, as it says, the offerings of God, it's a quite shocking conclusion. Not only that, not only does he have a reward of bringing all of the offerings, but even more, his prayer is not scorned or rejected. Shanema, as the verse states, Leave nishba venitke Elohim lo sivze. The end of the verse, which is surprising, and that's the the ultimate. 
Not only does he have the reward of bringing all of the karbonas, but even this, his prayer is not rejected, cast aside, or scorned. The person brings an ola, an elevation offering. He has a reward of the ola, not anything else. All offerings are implied in this verse in Tehillim. By the one who is a broken spirit, humbled. The mitzvah is which could be helpful over here in understanding how this is not anticlimactic. Not only does he have the reward of all of the offerings being brought, but even his prayers are not nemesis, not treated as revolting. So he says, he quotes over there, that if somebody does the avoda from anything that's mishach, anything that intoxicates, so that introduces Ipsul in the Avoda, it's, it's invalidates. We find in Tfilah, somebody prays in a state where they cannot be omed l'fneimelech, cannot stand before the king. His Tfilah is a Tueva, it's, it's like an abomination. He's approaching God in an inappropriate state. What he wants to bias from there is that there's a, a huge Chiddush, low oath, not only that. They get the reward of the karbonos, but ain't philosophy nemesis, when by others it would be nemesis. In a state of intoxication, that if he is truly nishbarlev, so then, if he's, although he should not daven in such a state, nonetheless, he has the amayla, ain't philosophy nemesis, which is also tremendous chiddish. It's a big, big teretz on the kasha. That, that such a person, his tefillahs are not nemesis, even though otherwise, in the, the standard avoda, this is a toeva, it would be nemesis. Rabbi Shulman Levi says, Alu place his paths in this world. You will merit to see the salvation coming from the Holy One Basbihi, Shanema, as the verse states, in Tehillim, Vesom Derech, Areno Begeisha Elohim. Al Tikri, Vesom, Ela Vesom Derech. So the placing his path is interpreted alternatively as the evaluating his path. If somebody evaluates his path in this world, so he will merit to see the salvation from God. Ketzad Mikanilo. Back to the Mishnah, Dabbez. How does one make a kinui, a warning for his wife? Kulu, Aguvakasha. The understanding of the Mishnah is apparently challenged. Amar la, Ifneshnaim. Al the structure of the warning, the kinui. The husband says to his wife, "Do not speak with this person." 
So that would imply that if she breaks this warning, there's kinui and stira, the violation of this warning would be fulfilled by her speaking to him. But the mission then continues, if she speaks with him, this violation of his words, the husband said, don't speak to this guy, and she did, she's still permitted to her home, permitted to consume truma, there's no consequence for violating that warning. So we see that although he warned her not to speak, speaking with this person that the husband feels jealous over, is concerned about, nonetheless, the speaking is nothing. Rabbi explains this is how to understand the Mishnah. He says to her, do not speak, and she spoke. And if she said, do not speak, and there was a stira, and that she was secluded with him, either way, it's nothing. The Kisviyat has a loklum. Al tisri. But if he warns her, do not become secluded with this man, and she spoke with him, she has not violated this warning, and she is permitted to her home to consume truma, if her husband's a coin. If, however, the warning from her husband was not to seclude herself with this individual, and then she did, then the consequences go forth. She has broken, violated the warning. It was a valid warning. She was told not to seclude herself. She did. So she's prohibited to her house. She's not allowed to eat truma. That's the explanation. The imes choletzes. And if the husband dies prior to the ability to go through the sota process, the determination of whether there's guilt or not, so she needs to do chalitza. In the event that they had no children and she's widowed, she's not permitted to do yibum, to have leveret marriage, but rather the bond must be severed through chalitza. Amai, why do we say no chalitza? That she must do chalitza. And why do we say no yibum? Let her do yibum. The verse states, and she shall go forth from his house, and she shall go to another husband, another man, a woman, in the context, who is, let's see, Rashi, in the context, we're talking about, if he finds some inappropriate activities, Ervas Dovar, so he should divorce her. Yotsumibesa, he should divorce his wife. Vigomer the Ish Acher. Lamalimitov, why does it say in the verse that she goes and marries another husband? Ilamishre, Linsavo, Aide Get Krisus, Little Vyotsumibesa of Haisalish, Lamali. Lemichtov, La Acher. Why does it have to say that she marries another man? That seems to be superfluous. Elamute Yevama. Rather, it's coming to exclude 
her eligibility to do yibum, to enter into leveret marriage. You can marry somebody else, but not the yavam. In the event that the husband did not divorce her, if he found by her ervas davar some impropriety, that's a Pasuk context, if he finds impropriety by her, he should divorce her with a get. And she shall leave his home. Meaning to say, In any manner that she leaves his home, whether through a bill of divorce or through his death. Now, if she wants to marry another man, she may do so. But not to her brother-in-law. He is not considered a separate person concerning this marriage. Her connection to him, the Zika, is through the Nisuin of the one who died. So it's not Ish Acher. The eligibility for marriage for her must be Ish Acher, not the Yavam. The Yavam, her brother-in-law, is connected to her with Zika because of her dead husband's Kiddushin. So therefore, she's not allowed to do Yibum. It's not Ish Acher. Below Yavam. Abaye says, if that's the case, so then why should there be a need for chalitza? Normally, if there's a problem of Eva's davar, so that should preclude chalitza. If there's no yibum, there's no chalitza. So, why? Why do we not say there's no need for chalitza? He said back, Ilu, Isabel, me lo boy yet. Theoretically, the husband died, but if he would be alive, wouldn't he need to give her a bill of divorce? Yes, he would. There's Matsuba Erva's daughter, he found impropriety by his wife, he needs to give her a get. We don't say the Kiddushin is Paka, that the marriage dissolves spontaneously on its own. That's not what happens. He needs to give her a bill of divorce. So to here, the bond of Zika is an extension of the original Kiddushin, and just as the original Kiddushin is not automatically dissolved by Ervas Davar, so too the connection of the Zika is not automatically dissolved, and although there's a prohibition of doing Yibum, there's a need to do Chalitza, it must be severed, just as the husband needs to give a get. This damri, and some say, Amr of Yosef, that the Almerciful states, and she leaves from his home and goes to another man, to not destroy his house. And you want that the brother-in-law should have to do yibum. The first, the, the husband is told to divorce his wife. He found an impropriety by her. He gives her a get. Why are you saying that he, that the when he dies, there should be yibum? The whole point of getting rid of her is that she's she's a wreck. She's destructive to the home. Amalei, 
Abaye, Abaye said back, El Miatel Lotinase, to Lotse So then why is the Torah give permission for her to marry another one? If we're so concerned that it's destructive to the home, so why is that permitted? No one forced him to marry her. Do we, do we push her onto him against his will? This guy is looking to marry and he finds this girl. Okay, she engaged in some improprieties. No one's forcing him to marry her. Is she destructive? Certainly. Bad plan. But nobody's pushing her to, to him. Whereas by Yibum, there's a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah of Yibum. Rashi says, To force marriage against him, against his will. In contrast, by the Yavam, the surviving brother-in-law, There's a preference to do Yibum over Chalitza. Mitzvah means command. Since she is destructive, can't be the Torah's machayv him to marry her when she's engaged in impropriety. She's permitted if somebody else is interested, but in the case of a Yavam, to say that there's a mitzvah of Yibum, that cannot be. It cannot be that he's obligated to bring destruction upon himself. So, therefore, there's no mitzvah yibum, and therefore, it's ke'eshes actual mokah mitzvah. It's aser. There's no mitzvah, then it's aser. And he just has to do chalitza.